Father, we pray this morning that you would bring us into the joy of the Christmas season from wherever it is we start. It is in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Good morning. Have a seat, everyone. All right. More than I thought. A brave and competent crowd. All right. Um, A quote for you. How inexpressibly sad are the holidays. Merry Christmas, the children say, but that is no longer for me. That quote comes from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and it acknowledges this fact. Sometimes Christmas bites. I know. It's a, it's a bummer to say it, but it does, doesn't it? I mean, I remember, I remember the Christmas that my grandfather was in and out of the hospital all during the Christmas season, and we didn't know what was going to happen. And I remember not so many Christmases ago, the, the Christmas that my wife was sick, and she just laid on the couch with a blanket over her. She was unconscious the entire day. We just kind of opened gifts and watched shows, and mom, there's mom. She's still breathing. That's good. December 25th comes every year, same time, and sometimes it just does not catch us at a good time. Am I right? In this message, I want to deal honestly with that reality. So that journal entry I was sharing with you, that was written uh, in the journal of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. In the 19th century, he was the most popular American poet. Now, other poets hated him and wrote terrible things about his poetry, but people loved it and bought it a lot. He wrote Paul Revere's Ride. Did you learn that in elementary school? Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. That was, uh, that was Longfellow. He wrote that journal entry after Christmas when his wife, who he'd been married to only 18 years, died tragically. She was working in front of a window, and some show how she got her dress over a candle, and her dress caught fire, and the fire spread over what she was wearing very quickly. Uh, Henry put her on the floor and tried to smother the flames with his own body, but he could not put them out. He was so badly burned trying to save her that on the day of her funeral, he couldn't even attend. He was in bed fighting for his own life. He had to wear a beard for the rest of his life to cover the scars from the burns to his face. I have another journal entry from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, also from Christmas time. This one came a few years later when his oldest son ran away from home to join the Civil War. Longfellow got up one morning, and all he had was this note from his boy. His son writes, I have tried hard to resist the temptation of going without your leave, but I cannot any longer. I feel it my first duty to do what I can for my country, and I would willingly lay down my life for it if it would be of any good. And with that, his boy ran away to join the, most, the bloodiest conflict ever fought on American soil. In his diary that year, Longfellow wrote, I can make no record of these days, better leave them wrapped in silence. Perhaps someday God will give me peace. After four years of suffering at the holidays this way, Longfellow wanted to be free of depression. He wanted to feel joy again. He just couldn't find it. On Christmas morning, he was walking down the street and he heard the Christmas bells sounding. And in that, in that sound, he tried to remember better times. He tried to remember, where does joy come from? And he went home and he wrote these stanzas. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. 
and thought as how the day had come. The belfries of all Christendom rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a rhyme, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Each of us has some place where we go to try to find lost joy. It can be in a song that you've... Yeah, like, you just turn that song on. Right? You're playing it? Just, just put your thumb like this. All right, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. That's enough of that. Right? You, you have your own song. You have your own song where you get joy from. And Okay, just a little bit more. Say it with me. Louder. All right, that's enough of that. The joy, right? The joy, it comes up from some place in the past. Okay, anybody over the age of 60, over the age of 60, tell me who that was. Who? Stephen Perry. No, so close, so close. Not Journey, although I should have played that one. <laughs> Night Ranger. No, and you're not over 60 yet. Well, you can shoot for it. You can shoot for it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyone under 30? Who was that? Ario Speed? No, friends, friends. Survivor. Survivor. Eye of the Tiger. Right. I can't hold back. Okay, go watch Paul Blart Mall Cop now. Re-educate. All right, all right. Yeah. Now, you may not go to that song, obviously. You didn't even know who it was. Um, you may go into hunting, right? That's something from an earlier day where you found joy. You may go hiking. You may go knitting. I know, go knitting. Um, <laughs> baking. That's what brings you back. Might be a place that you go to. This is my haven in the world. I go to this place when I need to remember where joy was. You're looking for a joy like you left it lying around back there somewhere. And you're going to go pick it up again. For Longfellow, he went looking for joy in the streets on Christmas in the sound of the church bells. Now, ultimately, all these streams that we're going to to find joy, they all flow from God, ultimately. There's a psalm in uh, the 31st Psalm. Some of you want to write that down for this service is over. You may pray this. Uh, psalm 31. It starts out, O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me. Rescue me quickly. Be my rock of protection, a fortress where I will be safe. You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. Pull me from the trap my enemies set for me, for I find protection in you alone. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. Now, do you recognize that verse 5? I entrust my spirit 
into your hand. Where have you heard that before? This is audience participation. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Where have you heard that before? Who said that? Who said that? Oh, that's such a long walk, but I'm going to do it. Because I got gift cards. I got gift cards. It's Joy Sunday. Are you serious? Just for knowing my Bible? Yeah. You, knew the, you know the Bible, girl. And I didn't tell her. <laughs> that's right. She's right. On the cross, right? Luke chapter 23. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary was torn in two down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. Did you know that Jesus was praying when he said that on the cross? He's praying a prayer from the Old Testament. He's praying Psalm 31, something he had learned as a boy. Those are his words. Because remember, his ministry started strong. He was a popular rabbi. People came from all over to see him heal. Hear the stories he would tell. But then in his last days, the crowd's turning against him. Isn't that the way it goes with fame? The religious leaders of that day are filled with envy. So they they engineer false charges against him. They bring in false witnesses right there in front of everybody. The witnesses contradict each other. Doesn't even matter. This is such a railroad job. And at his lowest point, Jesus summons up enough breath to offer this prayer. And it's a prayer that says God is the source of hope and peace and joy, even when you're at the bottom. What about you? How does Christmas find you this year? Does Christmas find you filled with joy? There's been a new baby, a new job, a new something. That's good. That's good. You should celebrate. And we celebrate with you and give thanks to God for that joy. But but what if you're in a deep darkness this Christmas? What if that's where it finds you? I want you to know you're not alone. Jesus is also a man acquainted with sorrows. Maybe that's the whole reason you braved these streets to come to church today. I've got to get some joy. And maybe this is a place where you've found joy in the past, in the lights or in the singing or the prayers or the weird sermon illustrations. Um, You've found joy here before, and you're like, I'm just going to go in there and see if it's laying around for me to pick up. You're wise to try that. I hope it happens for you today. But for Longfellow on the Christmas of 1863, it just got a little worse. That was the Christmas he received word that his son, who ran away to join the war without his blessing, had been wounded. So Longfellow has to ride down from Massachusetts to Washington, and he has to go building to building where they have all these buildings they've turned into field hospitals and find which one his son is in and if he's still alive looking at all these wounded soldiers and corpses until he finds his boy in the back room of one of them. He's alive, but just. He's been shot in the back. A bullet has passed under his shoulder blade and knocked off a section of his spine. And Longfellow brings him home. And that year, in his journal at Christmas, he writes nothing at all. But he did continue his Christmas bell poem And he writes about those cannons and those black iron guns and the bullets they shoot. He writes, Then from each black accursed mouth the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. 
for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And that prayer of Jesus says much the same. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I am wasting away within. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. Right? You put on your headphones. If you weren't watching MTV in 1990, you have no idea what's happening right now. But if you were, you know what I'm doing. Who is it? What's that? Oh, okay. Yes, Michael Stipe. Well done. I'm just guessing. I saw hundreds of people, but I heard a voice I recognized. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, it was getting a little dark. It was getting a little sad. It's Christmas. I just didn't want to, just want to lighten the mood a little bit. Okay. You know all my sermon stories are true. I always am honest with you. I think I was a little dishonest up here just now. When I was sad in 1990, I was not cool enough to go listen to R.E.M. Okay, that's what cool kids like Sarah were listening to. So I'm, I, that was kind of a poser moment. When, when I was sad in 1990, it sounded a lot more like this. All right, I'm not the joker. Is anybody under 30? Under 30. Who knows what's going on up here? Under 30. The cure, daughter. I love you more and more each day. You are so proud. I'm so proud of you. I still listen to the cure. Thanks for outing me. All right, you got to be honest when you preach. First rule, it's about Jesus. Second rule, tell the truth. The Psalms. That Psalm Jesus is praying when he's having his cure moment, right? Way worse than that. Doesn't it sound like the day he's having? I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. That's already in the Bible hundreds of years before Jesus is having that day. God knows. God knows that you are going to come upon this time as as well that you may be in. This is our Jesus. He knows hardship. He knows sadness. And he comes to be with us in it. Yes, he brings victory. And yes, he brings hope and peace and joy. But he also brings comfort to the afflicted. And he brings a reminder He brings a reminder that his kingdom is coming. 
See, there's a defiance in joy. Happiness says that I'm enjoying the circumstances that I'm in. But joy is a several cuts above happiness. Joy says, even though my circumstances do not warrant it, I still believe. I still have faith that there are better days to come. I still believe that God is in control. Joy can happen even in the midst of circumstances that do not allow happiness. Joy always gets the last word. Joy says, my pain is not immortal. Joy gets the last words of the Bible. If you look at Revelation chapter 21, some of the last words written in our scripture, it says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Joy always gets the last word. So Wadsworth heard the sound of those bells. He sits down to write one last stanza. As the, as the bells ring defiantly, he says, Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, and the right prevail, with peace on earth and goodwill to men. And Jesus, praying his dying prayer, where he says, into your hands I commit my spirit. But that prayer he's praying ends this way. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying you are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant. In your unfailing love, rescue me. And the very last words, so be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. What about you? Can you cling to God? Even if you just got one finger left to hang on, can you cling to God? Can you at least be in the stillness of God and not do anything to make it worse? Sometimes that's a very important spiritual discipline. When you're in a dark place to say, to not say, well, it's already this bad. I might as well. Can you just be where you are in the stillness of Christ to say, it's bad, but let me not make it worse. God, let you begin your rescue from where I sit right now and just do nothing but trust you. Longfellow's son slowly, slowly recovers from his wounds. Longfellow's poem is published. It's set to music about 10 years later. People start singing it. I don't know if you've heard that tune because that's an old tune. The tune you're maybe most familiar with was written in 1956 by Johnny Marks. Do you know Johnny Marks? He wrote Holly Jolly Christmas. And he wrote Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. And he wrote Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And so he writes some music for I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day and who should pick it up and record it? 
But Bing Crosby. You want to hear some Bing Crosby right now, right? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. My grandpa used to sit and sing this stuff. I always think of grandpa when I think of Bing Crosby. It's good stuff. And God did rescue Jesus from the hands of his enemies, did he not? They thought they had won. Everybody had thought they had won. And on Easter morning, he's raised from the dead. And not only that, through that morning, God uses those events to save us all from death and despair and pronounce that joy will have the last word, hope, peace, joy, and a brighter tomorrow. And that's really what Advent is all about. It's about living in this anticipation of Christmas. It's about learning to wait through the good times and especially through those bad years to wait for what Christ is surely bringing us, what he promises to bring to you. Can you let Jesus carry you this Christmas season? If you are in happiness and joy, then give him thanks. Don't forget to be grateful. Don't forget to be grateful. And if you aren't, know that Jesus can hold that too. He knows sadness, he knows pain and grief, and he will handle you gently, and he will handle you with care. You can pray, Lord Jesus, take my shattered heart this season. I know you will care for it, and I know you will carry me to a better tomorrow. I will live defiantly in this time with an underlying joy. Even on the night he was betrayed, what a dark night. He has the presence to say, this is my body broken for you. And this cup is my blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Amen.